blood. It's more like an interaction, and it's better when I sit and interact. I think it's, I'm not preaching today, so we're just going to talk. And they, at the end of today, I want, us to, I want to believe the Holy Spirit will lift up barriers, mindset shifts, change in our mind on how we see our family. Because if marriage is under attack, that means family is under attack. Because the marriage is the bedrock for the family. Today, it's your, I want to call them the modern family. For me, it's a dysfunctional family. Anything out of the original, out of God's templates is dysfunctional. It's outside. There's no way you want to use words. There's nothing modern in it. Because whatever we see right now, give it 10 years from now, new set of laws will come in to change it to suit their present culture. But until we know, God's word will remain the same. So when I have issues like this, it's always best to go back to the very basics. What did God say? It's as simple as that. And this is, I'll say this generally to everybody, whatever situation you're going through, one thing you can always trust on is God's word. Always go back to ask, what did God say? And if you can get that clear word and you stick to it, you will not be disappointed. So today, we're talking about family ties and we're trying to address some of the your wife is not your family, your this is not your dad, blah, 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 and uh, so much that's happening there. Because if you keep quiet about it, if you don't have your own narrative, people will take that as their own gospel and to become the norm. So that's important as a church. You don't keep quiet. You might laugh about it, but don't keep quiet. If you must comment, say the truth. Say what is right. Leave it there. Don't just keep quiet and laugh hard. They don't come again. You too, say your own. Somebody out there is saying yours and will take your own. But when we keep quiet as a church, then there's a problem. So first and first, there's a question I want us to take. And it's simply what actually ties us as a family. What ties the family? I need to bring out your phone. Uh, DJ, are we good with that? It's a very simple question. Just... Type it, put it there, tell me, go to mentimeter.com. Type in the code. There and just say what actually ties the family. If you're logged on, you can display the questions, the answers. Okay, for Locker Alpha, DJ. Thank you, Mr. DJ, for saving our song. Help us, DJ. Do we have a challenge? Let me know. Okay, let me log on on my own so I can see the questions, the answers. Yeah, confirm we are there. Okay, thank you. So what actually ties a family together? Okay, blood. If you're online, please, let's be a part of this. Covenant. The blood of Jesus. <laughs> That's nice. Mother's virtue. Father's leadership. Mother. Okay. Agreement. 
commitment, wealth, kindred, history, okay? So we need more response. Guys, go in there. So I have like 22 response. Values. Okay. What ties the family together? It says marriage. Okay. Compatibility. Children. Forgiveness, patience, struggle. True, true. To an extent. Influence. Yes, let's get them coming. Values, love. Okay, if we can get to 40, I think then we'll stop if we can. If you're online, please be a part of this. That's what rope. Oh, <laughs> truly, shall you? Because I've seen some. Um, there was a wedding I went over the weekend. After they prayed for the couple, that to the man of God had to use something to as a symbol to tie them. Praise the Lord. Okay, I think we can keep it there. So just take a screen grab of this. We might come back to it later. So truly, what truly ties? So let's go back to Genesis. Adam and Eve. They didn't have one mother or same parents. They didn't. They were individuals. But what actually hold them together is covenant. It's covenant. It's not blood. Our relationship with Jesus, with God, is based on what? Covenant. It's not based on blood, because if it's based on blood, some of us, eh, we're not going to smell heaven. It's the Israelites that will just enter heaven. Because they are the one true descendants, if you put it that way, of God. So it's covenant that actually binds us together, that binds a family. The song I put it there, that family is built on covenant, but it grows by blood. The family is built on covenant, but it grows by blood. When couples come together, they, take a, they do an exchange of vows, and the covenant is established. If that is not done, the family will not start. Am I correct? So that's the very foundation of the family, covenant. And oftentimes, it's from two different families. Some is A, some is AS. I recently had a counseling with a couple, both of them are A. I said, why don't they waste all this thing now? Two of them just go and find all night AS, find all AS and marry. When they A, just they waste. <laughs> but that's just on the side. But they are sometimes unrelated, different family, different background. In terms of blood, they are not in any way connected. DNA, different. But they come together, they chose themselves, and they go into an agreement by covenant to say, what is mine is yours, what is yours is mine. And like we say, your liability and your assets are mine. My own liability and assets are yours. When, we do, when I do introduction for marriage counseling, one of the questions I usually will ask is any of you in depth? So more know from the beginning. So if the other one is coming in, let, let her, he or she knows that, see the depth, basically I won't carry. Because from the moment you guys come together, the other person's basically is your basically. And that's what covenant is. That's what the Bible says, I think in Genesis 3.21, if I'm correct. It says, for this reason, a what? A man will leave his what? Father and mother and shall be joined with his wife. 
it's a covenant. And covenant is not just a contract. It's not just a partnership. It's far beyond that. It's far beyond that. One way, for every covenant is a sacrifice. Blood must be shed. But not all the time, but most times for covenant, blood must be shed. Because the relationship between Jonathan and uh, David was a covenant but blood was not shed. Was a soul time bound. I say, I will be. I will be for you forever and ever. I'm not leaving you. The one key thing that is there in the covenant, there's a promise that I will be there for you. I will do this for you. That's why in marriage he says, "What? Till death do us part." I promise to do all the promise and everything. There is a promise in it, and it's, it's expected that both parties will stick to it. Since when they come together, they join together, they now have children. And that's where the blood comes in. And like I said, the family will now start going by blood. But the very foundation, it's covenant. So like I said, I'm going to make this interactive. So they're going to have some scenarios we're going to play out. I'll bring them up. You read it. Then I'll get your opinion. We'll discuss Feel free. There's no right or wrong answer. But, like I said, I want us to live here with a mindset shift. That covenant is the most important relationship you will have. That's how God blesses you. God doesn't bless you because you're in partnership with him. That I meet only, it's okay, let's do this. And if you give me this, no, no, no. God's son is 100% commitment. Make a face, my they call to him. I sit down, they look me where. I'm a covenant with my wife. 100%. Whatever belongs to her belongs to me, is mine. What I have belongs to her. 100%. This is not, there's, not, there's no condition attached to it to say, if something happened, I will go out. That's a contract. That's a contract. In a covenant, there's no third party. The only person involved is God, the covenant keeper. In the contract, you can have a third party human. You might want to write, okay, this person will be uh, overseer. But in the covenant, there is no third part. It's me, my wife, and God in it. Simple. No other human is involved. Not my father, not my mother. Praise the Lord. Let me not go too deep into this, like I said. So, I feel like I can give me the first scenario. Is it clear? Is it clear? Okay, good. So let's go through it. And let's get the mics ready. So I want to pick responses. So we must have heard the scenario asking, who would you save if your wife or mother were in a sinking ship and you could only save one? This scenario played out in reality for Frederick Coney, an American whose pregnant wife started bleeding and was rushed to the hospital where he was told she had to go into an emergency surgery. Nothing prepared Frederick for what was coming next. The doctors revealed that the likelihood of both mother and child surviving the surgery was very slim. And so Frederick was asked to decide there and then who to save. Is your wife or the unborn baby? Frederick made the painstaking decision to save his child and quoted, my wife would never have forgiven me if I picked otherwise. Easy to say. Well, sadly, Fergie's wife died and went home with his beautiful baby girl. Now, the story isn't about Frederick, but the comments made under this viral story. Some men are of the opinion that they would have done the same, seeing that their wives are in their blood. Whereas their children are, after all, 
blood is thicker than water. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Okay. Comment. Like I said, it's an open house. I put it that way. Who wants to make a comment? And these are real stories. Who wants to? Then there's a black mic you gave to me. that point, you the black mic for me. Uh-huh. people face don't change. When I say at one point. <laughs> but I will call. I will call. Are you sure it's not? Okay. Since I'm going to call, let me start with Femi. Yeah, because you your daughter. You're, call my answer. You've not been in church for a while. So give me your opinion. After that, Harry, you give me your opinion. So be preparing your... Then right. I'll... Hello. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so good evening. Um, I think I'll save my wife, of course. Why? Um, and the reason is because... <laughs> <laughs> Yes, um, I'll say my wife, of course. Um, the reason is because I'm in covenant with my wife, not the kid. Yeah, the kid is is an offspring, is a um, an offshoot of that covenant. So um, my responsibility is higher to my wife than, even though I have a responsibility to the child, but um, I have a higher responsibility to her because I have a covenant with her. That's number one. And then, um, with respect to Frederick's case, okay, and um, the first one, yeah, I think that's just my opinion. That's just it, yeah. All right, thank you. Okay. Harry, you don't come up. Yeah, give it to Harry. Then I'll try a lady. Good evening, everyone. Sarah, get ready. Go ahead. I think I'll save my wife. Okay, why? Um, reason being that um, an offspring can be made again. Uh, my wife, I don't think if she dies, I will get a replacement. Uh, that's it. Like that. Good. Sarah, the fair lady there that is dodging her, her name on red, the one beside you, yes. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think I share the same opinion with him, considering that the wife is the person he, ha- he will have a vow with. She's supposed to be your partner till death do you part. And children are a blessing from God and a product of that union. Okay. If one is um, taken away, God can replace that child. But your wife, you might never really get a proper replacement. Okay, I'll take the last one. Sir, the guy in front, would you mind? No, no, that's the, uh, yeah, yes. At least you're with your wife. <laughs> you know if you can answer. <laughs> I think I also share well the same point um, the lady mentioned. You can have a second wife, but you can always make another baby. So okay. it's a hard one, but it's, it's a hard truth. Let me hear from the wife. <laughs> uh, my opinion is... Um, I just see the whole family like a tree. If you try to save a fruit, instead of cutting down the tree, um, you can always get another fruit. Another season can always come instead of cutting down the fruit. Okay, so let me ask this to the women. Now, I read, I think I saw this, something similar like this online, and uh, part of the story there, people, one of the comments, I don't know if it was a lady, they made was, ah, be careful when you're going to such major surgery, that you have somebody, like people like your father, be the one to take the decision instead of your husband. Since that's a situation, ladies, you think you might want to do. I should come again. Okay. So when I saw this online, part of the comment was this. Ah, Okbeo, next time, ladies, shine your hair, ensure sooner your papa. What's the name they call it? Your, not next of kin. Doctors, what do you guys say it? Doctor, 
No, there's a thing they call there's someone that will sign in the event, huh? Your emergency contact, something like that. But I know there's a specific name, but your emergency contact who will take a decision for you. So the question there was the comment was that ah, I will ask my father to stand in rather than my husband. So let me ask you, single lady, those who are not married, let me start with Hela. Yes. Hela, then Roots after that. Then Destiny. That's a problem for knowing your name. <laughs> Go ahead, Hela. Okay, good. You actually had something similar. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'll choose between my father or my spouse to make a decision if he ever gets to it. Ah, this one is hard, though. <laughs> I think I'll choose my dad, to be honest. Okay, why? Yeah. Because I can trust my father's intentions for me. Okay. Yeah. That's been fair. Ruth. Ruth has at the back. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. I one hundred percent choose my spouse. Um. Why? Because for the very reasons that they've given earlier, and um. I don't know, like, because if I can't trust my my spouse to make the right decision, then why is he my spouse in the first place? Um, I can understand that, okay, maybe he would be, he might be overly emotional and all that, but I, I think I would trust that he will make the right decision and choose him instead of my dad. Okay. So, Destiny. Then I'll take the last one, Imelda. Yes. So, because I know I'm going to marry, right? So, I'm going to choose my spouse. That's the point. I'm good. So, Imelda, she's the one that she's. You want to judge? Um, I think I'll definitely choose my spouse. The idea of marriage or my understanding of marriage is that, like the vow says, till death do us part. Um, I. It means basically that you're trusting your spouse 100% to make decisions that um, can affect your life, whether you live or die, really. Okay, great. Okay, so what I want to hone on with is what she said. It starts with you making the right choice. Making the right choice, because if you miss it from that point, all yours is your own. Or here is your own. If you go marry a fool, a fool. Uh-huh. Or here is your own. So you, for the singles, you need to be very careful. And as I, I want to recommend the book for you. If you don't have, you don't have it, please go and get it, ladies. Seven questions, wise women ask. It's very, very key. Let me read a part. Because when I was reading it, so there are several questions. One of the major questions there I want to focus on is, are we compatible? I'll read a paragraph. It's Pastor K's book. He said, you must check for those little compatibility issues. It must not look important, but it is. What does it think about a husband and a wife relationship? Does it think he's a girlfriend? That's been adding my own. Does he think the man is the Lord of Lords, Lord of the Rings, or the King of Kings? Or one that can make decisions without even consulting his wife? Does he believe his word is law and not contestable, even when advised otherwise? Are you even thinking alike spiritually? Just because both of you are born again doesn't mean both of you can cope it is not every denomination that can blend together easily. 
ladies, this is for you mainly. Because you have the likelihood to pick up anybody. Say, I will adjust. I will marry him. I will pray for him. He will change. <laughs> Since you become the only... Or what shall I just say? There are two people God has used the word help for in the Bible. The Holy Spirit and women. Probably you want to take up that role. God help you. There are, men, there are churches where men wear earrings and are preached in such churches. I've also preached in churches where women don't wear earrings. Now tell me, how these two remarry? Because spiritually, they're not even thinking alike. You have to know if you guys are compatible. So for ladies, I will encourage you to get this. Because some of these issues we're talking about starts from that very foundation. Start from that very foundation. And if you're married, then you need to find a way to rebuild that trust. Because I'll put it this way, because in the beginning, it was not so. If there's mistrust, it started from somewhere. I would advise you, go for, go for cancer, so that you can retrace your step back to know, identify the point where the trust was what? Broken. And start what? Repairing it back. Because one day will come, you will tr- your life will truly depend on your spouse 100%. Thing of one I read it was yesterday. Wife, two kids, they did visa. Wife, I think from where, where I could pick the picture, the guy didn't have an English. Before they were issued visa for the children, the man would have signed and did everything. They signed. Wife, Japan to, UK, to US, blocked the husband. Straight up. I don't know the details of what happened. But I want to believe trust has been broken at one point. At what point? And for guys, we fall into that thing. We feel we're already married. This will just work. No. Like I always say, marriage is a living organism. Marriage is a living organism. You must tend to it for it to grow. So let's take scenario number two. The streets of social media went hysterical when a story broke of a young woman seeking to dissolve her marriage. Her reason who many thought was fecal, was that her husband bought his loving mother a car. Why she, why she, who is heavily pregnant, is made to trek to work daily. Many argued that her husband was only fulfilling what a good son should do. Reward the labor of his hard-working mother and went ahead to tag her a witch for eating her mother-in-law in laws in progress. So comment. Is the guy right? Is the lady right? If they are not, <laughs> if they are not, what's the best course of action? Should I call? Okay. The guy with beard. On the hedge. Yes. I've not heard your voice in church. So let me hear you. Tell me your opinion. <laughs> wow. Um, uh, <laughs> so this is what we are addressing. Is the guy right? So, um, the lady's reaction is he okay? If not, what's the best cause of action? I, I think she's justified for that reaction because it doesn't really make sense. For her to be heavy. I mean, even if she, if she wasn't heavy, for instance, if she wasn't pregnant, we can say that there's some sort of preference. We can say he's a mommy's boy. You know, he has a weird relationship with his mother, which is wrong in the first place. But we can justify that. But for the fact that she's heavily pregnant and then she doesn't have a car, I feel like logically it doesn't even make sense. Now, if we're talking about the biblical aspect, you're in a covenant with your wife. Your wife comes first. I mean, the Bible speaks about leaving your father and your mother and clinging on to your wife. So, 
what, how does that make sense, even biblically as well as logically? So I think the guy should be cancelled. What the guy is doing is wrong. I'm not justifying the divorce. I'm not justifying the divorce at all. But I'm saying that he has to make amends. He has to find a way. He's wrong. The mother is even wrong for accepting the car while, while the child is pregnant. No, let's, let's be real now. So it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. Like, if, if, if I'm to be... If I'm going to speak to this objectively as, as a person, yeah. um, I would say that the guy needs to work on his, his reasoning because it's wrong in every level. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. If I... Hello. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> um, sorry, I think it was spot on what he said. Um, what I was going to say is that, of course, like there are blessings for being a child of your parents and blessing and doing things for your parents. But also, what we've been talking about all day, covenant with your wife. There is also a blessing. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. So there is a blessing attached to being a good husband, right? To being a, to, to serve your duties as a husband. So there are blessings to being a child, and there are responsibilities also for being a child. But should, I think there are other, there's the order of priority in how this should be done. Okay. Good one. Any other? Noah. Oh yeah. Noah and Ima, you guys are discussing. Noah, you tell me your opinion. Ima, you tell me yours. Um, good evening, church. Uh, my name is Noah. So for me personally, right, I think for me personally, I think that decision is not wrong. So, but the problem is that there seems to be a communication gap there. Because if the husband and wife had agreed to say, let's buy my mother-in-law a car, and there was this agreement between them, I don't think there would be this issue. So for me, from this, for just reading from this test, there's a communication gap, and that's what I think. Okay. Thank you. Great. Ima, oh yeah, the lady beside Okay, sir, for me, the wife should have a car first mm. before the mother-in-law. Simple. Yes. <laughs> okay, any other different opinion? Someone has something different? Okay, go ahead. Amen, you want to talk? Uh, Michael, give to her. Matter. Yes, I wanted to respond to him. I don't think that there's any communication. One else. Yeah. If there was a communication gap, I don't think that she would want to leave the marriage. I think that he just acted, oh, his mom needs a car, or he felt like his mom just needed a car instead of his wife. And that entirely is wrong. You don't do that. I feel like you should, if you don't buy me a car, I mean, I would have even left since all this is a question and answer. If you're even proposing with a car because Amen. we're getting married to have kids. We're not getting married to be looking at our faces. So we are proposing with a car. Sorry, it's not like that. But you're proposing with a car. If you have the money to buy a car, you should have bought me a car first. Then buy your mom. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. And it's dependent on how you treat me. So if you don't treat me right, where do you want to be getting money? That's your mother's car will even spoil. True. Uh, Adela, so Samuela. Okay, so I think that I think I'll start off with saying I think her decision is a bit too extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Dissolving the marriage, I think that's a bit extreme. Yep. However, I also think that the guy and the lady, they are not really one in the marriage, right? Because they say a man is one point one plus one equals to one now, right? If he had to buy himself a car or choose between himself and his mom, I think he would buy himself a car first, right? So why don't you treat your wife like you would treat yourself, as the Bible says? So he's, they are clearly operating as two different people in the marriage, but I also think that it's a bit extreme to want to dissolve the marriage. That's if that's the only scenario that has played out. But if there are other things that have happened that led up to this, she might be in her rights. However, I still think, based on just this story, I think it's a bit too extreme to want to dissolve the marriage. Okay, good. So the next two uh, um, comments I'll take, I need to give me a solution. 
assuming these people have come to you, you know them, how do you advise them? And what will you tell the husband? We should pack. One house, one house. Let's come together. What would you advise the husband? What would you advise the wife? Okay, then we'll take courage. Okay, then peace. Go ahead. Okay, good evening, church. Good evening. Okay, my own advice is that um, I'll, to be sincere, from me, I'll advise the woman to leave. To be sincere, okay, no, because no, because that's our opinion, because, guys. Because yep. because one, she's pregnant and she's trekking. To me, it's I feel it's wickedness. So because uh, how can you marry me? I'm pregnant and I'm trekking. And you bought a car for your mother, Haba. Okay. To me, oh, I will leave and I will advise her to leave as well. Okay. <laughs> Thank God you're not a counselor. But let me say this. Let me address this. You don't take a permanent decision on a short term. If you leave, the Peking where you're born, when Peking, when Peking grew up, we asked you, so where, where my papa? Say, so what's it happen? You're not by maker. You see, so... So that's so, biblically, that's not a ground for divorce. I'll tell you, sister, I've made some stupid decision like that. To be, I'll be frank. Me, at 45, and me, at 27 or 28 that I got married, are two different entities. From the decisions I took when I was at 28, if this woman... <laughs> Not love me. She for don't pack. So the point here is, couples will make mistake. Couples will make mistake. Pack when you marry at such a young age, even for a man who is even forty, sometimes they make stupid decision. You've seen families who have packed their. The man, this is a good investment, babe. Let's do it. Let's do it. And the wife is telling you, honey. I'm not feeling it. Let's just keep a part. Just give me one month. This morning they come back. <sighs> Only to listen to news the next day. Will you leave? That's worse than the cow. You see it. To that point here, so it's, so let me just. That is not a ground for divorce. So where's the. Uh, the hands are becoming much. Let me. I call it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'll take two more, then we'll round up. Okay. Um, if they come to me, mm. first of all, what I would do is um, the guy himself, right? Mm. Uh, they, uh, I'll call him. I'll, I'll, I'll take him to the doctor, check the brain, you know? Check, we'll, make, we'll, we'll make sure that, because it doesn't stop there, right? We'll make sure that, that is, uh, uh, his decision is right first. Then, and everything can be reversed, right? Or just play a prank on the mom. It's a prank. It was actually for the wife. <laughs> you get it. <laughs> So, yes, uh, we, we can do that. We can do that. Yes. Thanks. Thank you. So, we'll take um, Ejiro. Then we'll take the lady here. The last two. Ejiro, the lady on red. Yeah. Hello. And a lawyer. Go ahead. I think I see me. Okay. So if they came to me for advice, I would I think I'll probably advise them separately. For the wife, I think I would advise her to communicate how this thing made her feel. It's not easy. I can imagine if you do something like that to me. I think it reminds me of a story that my mother-in-law told me that when she got married to my father-in-law, he got he first of all had his car and he was going to change his car. He gave it to her and her brother-in-law, which is my husband's uncle, was like, no, she doesn't deserve to have a car. He took it from her. And this is years, how many years? A lot of years after, and she still thinks about it today. So I feel like women need to talk more instead of getting angry at first. Okay, this is what you did. This is what, made, it, was, this is what it made me feel, right? Then for the man, I think, I think maybe he doesn't, 
think he needs to learn about boundaries. You know, like, this is your wife, this is your mother, this is what you need to do, this is how you have to treat your wife. Because for him to make that decision himself, I, I feel like it means that he doesn't understand the role of his wife and his mother. His mother is his father's wife. She's supposed to be the one that, he's supposed to be the one that is taking care of, she can't actually, he can't take care of his mother, but his wife is a priority. So we have to communicate. I will communicate with him and let him know that this woman is your priority. It's not grounds for leaving your marriage. It's just one thing. A lot of things will come up. How many things will you leave your marriage for? Yeah, so that's my thought. Let's take the last one real quick. Go ahead. Okay. For me, there are some things that we are not really adverting our minds to. Everybody is bashing the man but I don't think it's necessarily all about the man. Because you've got to think about the fact that the man was also thinking about his mother, who could have given her whole life savings to put him in the position before he married the wife. We need to think about that. One house, one house, let's listen. So, I'm not saying that he shouldn't have bought a car for his wife, but the whole thing actually boils, boils down to communication. Right, so... He could, as a solution, is to bring the woman into understanding the reasoning behind buying the car for his mother. Some women have been known to fry akara all the days of their life to bring up their sons. And sometimes it's just a debt they feel they ought to pay, you know. But then it's from a place of understanding because the wife has to be brought into that understanding. Then she wouldn't feel so bad. After all, She was trekking before the car came. So, and in any case, exercise makes labor easy. So, hold on, hold on. One house, one house. Hold on. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hello, one house, please. Okay, one house. It doesn't take away the love they have for one another. Yeah. It merely bonds the family if you come to a place of understanding. The woman doesn't have to leave the marriage because of that, because another car is going to come. A baby will bring blessings of more cars. Somebody can also give them a car as a baby present. There is nothing wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with a mother expecting that her son will give her a car. Okay. All of us are talking. All of us are going to be mothers one day. So don't bash the mother-in-law, okay? Mm. I don't think that the, fa- the, bo- the man did such a bad thing. But they could have had an understanding so that the wife wouldn't feel so bad. I, it's not a reason for her to quit the marriage. And it's not a reason. I mean, if the mother is also brought to, you know, to look at the whole scenario, I don't see any reason why she couldn't also bring the car for the daughter-in-law to have it till the baby comes. Then the car can come back to her. So it's just a place of communication within the family so that the ties are not thrown away. Thank you. Thank you. Good one. Okay. Valid points all true. The one thing I will say, the Bible says this, there is time for everything. Simple. That's one thing I want to emphasize. There is time for everything. In mother, that car is not an emergency. Let's get that. It's not an emergency. But still, to the point of communication, that's another thing. Because truly, if both of them have sat down to say, oh, I think I won't buy my car. I just feel, say, this is the right time. And if you two of you are a team, that's where it'd be easier for her to actually trek gladly because she has sown a seed to her mother. But from what I could paint in this scenario, the husband just went ahead. God has blessed me. I've seen the opportunity. The contract done it. They don't pay. Let me go and buy. So for men, for me, I think we need to do more in communicating with our spouses. Because if they have communicated, eh, 
information is worse, this won't be a problem. But on that problem I see, look at the last line. Let me just read the paragraph. Many argue that a husband was only fulfilling what a good son should do. Real, good, that that's not the right time for me. Reward the labor of his hardworking mother. And went ahead to tag her a witch. That's not the behavior of a good husband. That's not. And that's what I would say to couples. Like they say, what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas. Whatever happens in your marriage should stay in your marriage. Not in the streets of social media. Because when the goals are there, you've exposed your marriage to all sorts of opinion. You might say, I deleted it, but somebody don't grab them. It's 10 years later, when you're thanking God for this, God has blessed me with this great husband. So you just say, sister, see, I'm 10 years ago. We are here being the same man. So please, social media is not where you want to resolve your family issues. So my own sincere advice would be this. They should improve their communication. It's as simple, very basic. If that communication is well improved, it's not a big debate. Whether the wife is even nine months pregnant, about to, it's not a big deal. A woman, I strongly believe, a good wife, when the both are together, she's willing to make that sacrifice. If the husband could actually communicate that vision to her. Awful time as guys want to bulldoze our way. I, the money don't come. I, but both of you are what? Partners. You are in what? In a covenant relationship. Then that last part, that's not a behavior of your husband, a good husband. To tag your, or your wife a witch. If she's a witch, you don't even get money to buy money. Your mama can now. It's as simple as that. Praise the Lord. Because of time, let's go to the third scenario, then we'll start rounding up. This one, I really like it a bit more. Miss Destiny, an actress and social media influencer, sets off a ring light and takes her followers through a lengthy rant on how she just got ties with her adopted daughter. She points out how humble Esther, a 10-year-old orphan girl, was when she first met her. And how her heart gravitated towards her amongst other children. Thereby adopting her and raising her like her own child. Five years later, Miss Destiny's surprise, Esther is no longer the humble girl she adopted. Esther has become unruly, defiant, and confrontational. Maybe if Iran was to ask the online in-laws what to do, she would have been advised to be patient, seeing that Esther is almost likely going through the adolescent phase. But Miss Destiny isn't online to, for unsolicited advice, but to tell us that she no longer mothers this once humbled, now rude girl. Question, is it right for you I use this word, disadopt somebody you've adopted looking at this scenario okay, Mata wants to respond Mata in front here Um, firstly, I would say she never did it genuinely because you cannot unlove somebody if he's genuine. You can't say your father is behaving a certain way so he's no longer your father. Mm. Or no matter how bad your mother is, you don't want to be um, associated with her. Children have their time. Um, your siblings will do worse. You can fight with them over charger. 
but you cannot say that's no longer my brother, no matter how bad it is. So I think the state of our hearts is to be questioned at this point. That's good. Any other comments? Young man about that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, actually, from a legal point of view, adoption is, is, is something you do with the government. You cannot just come to Facebook and say, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> right? So you actually um, sign papers with the local government before you can adopt the baby in Nigeria. Okay. So she, she'll be fine. When she finishes, she'll continue doing whatever she's doing. Are you a lawyer? Yes, I am. Okay, so let me ask this. Legally, is it possible after you've done that to reverse that process? I'm just uh, genuinely asking. That, I don't know that. I don't, I'm, not, I'm, not, okay. I'm not into family law that You're much, but I don't know that. But okay. it's not, even if she wants to do it on social media, even if there's a provision, it's not by shouting on social media. It's not like an Islamic marriage where you can shout, I divorce you three times, and the marriage ends. But in, in, you have to follow due process. Thank okay. you. Thank you. You want to respond? Let's hear your opinion. Speaking about the legal aspect is wrong because um, during the adoption process, the legal process, so basically um, the child is going to be treated like your own biological child. So even based on customary laws and based on legal laws, um, you'll be fine. And I think there's even a penalty for that. So the only thing is that um, the law can now take another course and say they would take back the child back to like maybe foster care or something like that. Not that they would leave the child stranded. But legally speaking, is even wrong. Okay. Okay, any other uh, comments on this? Yeah, Harry. Um, Obi. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I think it's unfair to say she never loved the child. Um, I believe there's a lot of required knowledge when it comes to raising children. I mean, there are parents that have cut off ties with their biological children. So when she was faced with stuff like this, I feel like she could have sought knowledge, found out how best to handle the situation instead of coming on social media. I wouldn't say, sitting here, that she never loved the child. It may not necessarily be so. Some people are not prepared to face what comes with raising children. That's my opinion. Thank you, Abby. One more, then we'll wrap this part. Okay, the lady here. Okay, I'll take she and Samson. Go ahead. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Um, so first off, a mother never gives up on her child. And the way adoption works, first... Well, in a country that has laws. But first off, the child is in foster care, and they, they try to ensure that the child is compatible and you people can become a full family. So you don't just go and adopt a child. First off, the state has to make sure that you, you're able to take care of the child and all stuff like that. So you cannot just come and say you want to adopt a child. And it looks like... She was just, maybe she did actually love the child, but to an extent, it looks like she just wanted it for um, public love, or, or, or she's a good person, she did this for this person. And then when it was becoming too tedious, or she couldn't like take care of the situation or handle the situation, she just lets go. So it's more like you were never prepared for this. Oh, but you felt like because of your status, maybe you felt like um, people are going to love you more because they feel that you have a good heart, but you were never really ready for that responsibility. So I think she's wrong. Okay, thank you. Samson, last. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, all from the legal angle is okay. And uh, they've said it right. And, but what I want to say is, in counseling, you know both what happened detail to hear detail. That being said, all of us here, this is to guide us. It's not everything we take to social media. Praise the Lord. So, is, there are many things that can be sorted out within. You don't take all. 
nobody, even if they follow you and like and give you increment within that time, that is not the solution today. So, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. One thing I want to emphasize, particular with this. Oh, okay. Minister Agra. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, I'd like to tilt a bit to Obina's um, um, comments. Um, for some of us parents, the truth is nothing really prepares you for um, a teenage child, an adolescent child. Um, she adopted this child at 10 years, so maybe that bond has not been there. And even for some of us who already have bonds with our children, there are some times you want to bundle your child, tie the child rope put the child in a nylon and go and drop the child somewhere. Say, child for sale. Take this child. I, I, have, I have teenage children. So I know that there are times, even after you have taken, you know, painstakingly trained them, you want to just fling them, you know. But then again, of course, we've had the fathers that say, you know what, I've disowned you. You can't be my child anymore and things like that. So um, for me, the advice to Miss Destiny would just be that, you know, like um, the lawyer said, it was probably a social media ranting. I'm not going to take this child again. But eventually, forget that thing. When you know the stress of having to dis, dis, unadopt or disadopt, you will hold your peace, you know. You will understand. She needs to get to a point where she understands that is a phase. Children pass, children pass through phases. After that adolescence um, phase or stage, it's how you handle the child that will help the child become a better um, young adults and then become a better person. Every parent goes to, through that. So if you miss it with your first child or your second child, you must have one child that will test your parenting. They have that child. Some of us are those children that have tested our, parent, our parents' parenting. Yes, now. So, you know, I think that for Miss um, Destiny or for anyone here who's going through that, just get back to the world. There's a way. And then for every human being is prayer. Prayer is the remote control of every human being. How did she, in fact, in the first place, the five years that she spent with this child, how did this child move from a loving child to a defiant, unruly, and confrontational child before your very eyes? How did this child get to that point before your very eyes? And I'm not saying that it's not possible, but how does it get to a point where you now come on social media and you are telling everybody that I unadopt un this child? Both you and the child, both of you, there's something that is not really straight in this matter. So let's deal with it. And if it's just the child's fault, auntie, calm down. Go to God in prayer and then bring in your parenting skills. Go and learn parenting skills and then train your child. That child is your child. Collect your picking. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Minister. So one thing I want to emphasize here. In marriage, you choose your spouse, is it not? And you make a commitment, I will marry you. You exchange vows. For me, I don't think it's any different with this. You went ahead and verbally told and said, this child, this girl will be my daughter. And you took the further step to go and what? Do a public declaration and you signed it. For me, it's almost like a covenant still. So it goes back to what we're emphasizing. Covenant is the foundation for every marriage. In time of old, our parents didn't sign anything. No. It's their words was their bond. They meet a woman and say, I want to marry you. They meet their father. They meet every other person. Words. And it's sealed. And those marriages last years. In this generation, we need to value what we are worth. The Bible says what? Life and death are what? In the power of the tongue. And for me, that's what makes a covenant even stronger. Not because you signed it. It's because you said it. You said, I will do this. You made a promise to the person, I will do this. So in this case, for me, it's totally wrong. And I'll just say this on the side, because there's one, this other trend where mature single ladies want to adopt children. So because I'm not yet married, let me just... Well, I won't say it's a bad thing. But the question, are you ready? Are you ready? 
because she just feels like she just wants to belong. I have a child. Because the guest behavior is just a normal adolescent behavior. For those who have teenagers, that's their behavior. They always want to challenge the status quo. They want to test the boundary. But that's how to to test if you truly love. So to to us, covenant is a strong thing. Praise the Lord. In running up, let's read Malachi 2.14. Then we'll play a video. Then I'll wrap up with that. Malachi 2.14. Okay, you ask, why is it? You ask, why? It is because the Lord is a witness between you and the wife of your youth. You've been unfaithful to her, though she's your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Marriage is based on covenant. Another thing that makes it go stronger it says a three-folded cord cannot be what easily broken. So when your statement of my wife is not, it's because you guys are not into twin. You guys are were never one. If you both were one from the beginning, I will bet you you can't make that decision. So to everyone listening to me, be it online or here present, your covenant relationship trumps your blood. Relationship. A blood relationship, you never chose them. It just happened. But for your covenant relationship, you, conscious, you were aware, you took that decision. And your words have power. In the video we're going to watch, it's going to show us the power of a relationship. How very important. Let me not speak too much about it. Let's watch the video, then we'll, we'll explain more. Then we'll wrap up. The strongest pulling horses in the world. They can pull as individuals about 4,000 pounds, so about the size of the car you drive. They can literally pull that. Tremendous animals. You and you... When you put these two animals together, if you were to yoke two Belgian horses and have them pull, uh, you'd think they could 4,000, 4,000, it'd be 8,000 pounds. It's not the case. On average, if you put two Belgian horses together, it doesn't, it's not 8,000, it's 16,000. You see, multiplication happens. But if you were to take two Belgian horses, and let's say you were for a few months to put them in the same stall, let them live together, walk together, run in the fields together, eat together, do horse life together. And then, let's say, for a few months, they do that. And then you were to yoke them together. Listen, they would on average pull 32,000 pounds. That's right. The power of relationship allows them to go from 16 to 32. But that's not even the highest you see the world record of two Belgian horses, two brothers that grew up together their whole life. They pulled in one time a world record of 52,000 pounds. I just love that. There's a greater return. Two are better than one. When we partner together, you can expect a more. Praise the Lord. That's a handed. You understand the. What you explained. What you can do on your own when you're in a covenant relationship with someone, and not just in words, but you actually relate, you blend, you guys become that close, you will do greater things. Since one of you will chase a thousand, but two of you will chase what? Tens of thousands. But it's in that place of relationship, you're coming together. That it goes beyond husband and wife. You guys have become friends. You can say, this is my sister. This is my brother. That you are close. From the day you got married, spirit-wise, you are one. As you guys interact, soul-wise, you become to see that your thoughts begin to align. 
From this one, I've been thinking, one of the power of this, God is one person that can exist. Is what? That is what? Omnipotent. But since I'm married with my wife, I can actually be in two places. I can be in church here and can still be at home. Because we are married. I can actually think of, I want to do some certain things. And she will get the sense of, my husband wants to do this. She will do it. That's the power of God. It's only God that can exist in two places. But for the part that you are married, it gives you that ability to do that. But that ability is grown when you guys have that close relationship. So for the married ones, don't play with this covenant relationship you have. Don't play with it. For those who are single, tread carefully as you go into it. Don't rush into it. Take time to choose. Take time to choose. The other book I recommend for the guys, Seven Qualities Wise Men Want. Take, go take your time, read it. Back for the ladies, you read it. Guys too, read it. Read what you want. Then for the guys or family, those who are married, how to make love to a woman. To the guys. Because this is a way you can strengthen that bond. Because if that bond is not strength, you can never maximize it. You can never maximize it. Praise the Lord. Can we be on our feet? Can you just, just pray? I want to believe God has spoken to you in one form or the other about what covenant ownership is all about. That God will help you give